I am Iron Man. Do 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 do. Vote for me. Yeah, screw it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find. I am your host, Adam Portress, and I am here with... Matt Smith. And today, we are going to... It's a short episode, but uh, we're going to be giving you a full Film Find episode anyways. Um, Today, we're going to be reviewing Iron Man 3. It's kind of as simple as that. Uh, We don't have a whole heck of a lot to get into, but, uh, you know, you you guys wanted to possibly, hopefully, if you're tuning into this podcast, figure out what we thought of Iron Man 3, and uh, that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're going to give you. So uh, let's say real up top, uh, right up top here, um, if you want to uh, contact us or uh, you know tell us our reviews suck or we're great or whatever, email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. If you email us, we will read it on the air. Like I said, tell us you know anything about us that, you know, even if it's unflattering, we'll read it. We don't care. We just need some human interaction. But if you also go to thefilmfind.com, there you will find the links to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And when you subscribe to us on iTunes, please review us on iTunes. It just helps us get our podcast out there to as many people as we possibly can. Uh, So with that, we're going to take a little break, come back, do a quick what you've been... for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. There's always has been, always will be a family firm. Oh, son of a... Someday my son will run. Luke, Luke, I am your father. 
Welcome back. We're going to jump into a quick What You've Been Watching. I think I'll go first this week. Um, this week, I haven't had a whole heck of a lot, and we had a late podcast uh, last week, so I haven't had a whole lot of a chance between now or then and now to watch anything. But I watched um, I watched Witness for the first time recently. Uh, Witness is the uh, 1985 movie, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, uh, starring Harrison Sounds Ford. Right. About uh, Harrison Ford plays a cop, and uh, there, there's a small Amish child who see who witnesses a murder by Danny Glover of all people. Danny Glover looks like um, he he looks like Fred Williamson's character <laughs> in uh, from Dust Till Dawn for some reason. Like like after he was yeah. hit by the vampire, I don't know. <laughs> Seems weird, but I think. I don't know why I saw that, but that's what I saw. He sees he sees a murder, so this uh, this uh, little Amish boy is a key witness in in a, a murder uh, in uh, of a police officer, and it seems to go a lot deeper than you know everybody expects. And it's Harrison Ford's job to you know make sure that this kid doesn't get killed, and uh, later on himself in the process. It won uh, an Academy Award for best screenplay. Um, it's okay. I'm not going to sit here. Uh, maybe not. And it sounds like an asshole thing to say, but maybe in 1985 this was a you know a fantastic screenplay. Today it would just get a uh, I'm like honest to goodness I've seen episodes of CSI that are done about as well, and they do it in 45 minutes. So it, it's okay, but it's 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 not terrible. It's you know if you got like a lazy Saturday and there's nothing else to do, it's an okay watch. Harrison Ford is always you know pretty strong in just about everything he does. So. That's it for what I've been watching. Not a whole heck of a lot, but uh, nothing amazingly filmic. But, uh, all right, Matt, what have you been watching this week? Uh, Well, I've been kind of watching some TV. um, And one of the things I've been rewatching in anticipation of May 26th is Arrested Development in true marathon style. I'll probably make it through the show again before the 26th. Um, but I've just been enjoying spending time with those characters again. Um, the Bluth family is 
I think one of the best creations of uh, television in the 2000s. And uh, that show's just fantastic. Um, aside from that, I've been trying to get my friend Alston into uh, Game of Thrones. And I think after the third episode of the first season, he's like into it. Um, that show takes a little bit of time to try to navigate your feelings about. And I yeah. think about three or four episodes in, you either are with it or you're just, you know, fuck it. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, Marsha definitely doesn't care about it anymore. That's um, it's so. something that I definitely need to do because I, I was on the fence of uh, like I saw the it, it obviously looks like something and should be something that I would be wholeheartedly, you know, for. But I saw the first episode and maybe it was just too hyped at the time or something because I, I was just like, Meh. I, you know, it, yeah, it well, didn't really grab people, my attention. People love this freaking show, man. And um, it's I, I enjoy it but it is not my favorite thing on TV. Like there's one show that I make sure that I watch live, uh, as it's broadcast every week. Um, and that's, that's justified on mm. FX. Um, I think that shows just flat out fantastic and pulpy and poppy and amazing and game of Thrones. It's not even the best show on HBO. If I'm honest, like I think girls is much better. Um, enlightened is fantastic. And I'm also still partial to True Blood, even though that show's quality has gone down. It hasn't gone down in the same way as something like like Weeds or anything like yeah. that happened, you know. So, uh, so the, those are what I, that's kind of what I've been watching: uh, Game of Thrones, um, which I do recommend, um, and uh, and Arrested Development. Trying to get prepped for new episodes on Netflix. And Arrested Development's which, another, which I'll watch. Yeah. Arrested Development's another show that, like, you know, I, I've seen a few episodes here and there, and I've always liked what I saw. I just never delved into it, like, you know, hardcore like this. Because Laura just uh, a couple, about a month ago did the exact same thing you're doing right now, just went through an entire season, and or all, the whole series, rather. And uh, in fairly short order, and every, turn, every time I turned around, it was like, you're still watching this. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... I, you know, it's one of those, uh, eventually we'll get around to it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's a quick watch. Like, I, I think once you get into the groove of what the show is doing and how it's doing it, um, the jokes just pile up on uh, one on top of the other. And uh, you can't help but just, like, sit there and watch ten episodes in a row. Yeah. Um, it's It's a fun show, and I'm glad that it's coming back. Okay. Well, that is our quick What You've Been Watching segment. We are going to take a break right now, and uh, I think we're going to just jump right on into our uh, review of Iron Man 3. So uh, we'll be back. This one goes All right, everybody, we are back, and though it is not officially summer yet, as far as the seasons go, it is definitely summer movie season. It seems Marvel is the one to kick it off every single year, and that's what they've done this year with Iron Man 3. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Got a lot of apologies to make. Nothing 
Nothing's been the same since New York. You experience things, and then they're over. I can't sleep. And when I do, I have nightmares. Honestly, there's a hundred people who want to kill me. I hope I can protect the one thing I can't live without. Alright everybody, that was the trailer for Iron Man 3, uh, directed by Shane Black, written by Shane Black and Drew Pierce, starring Robert Downey Jr., of course, as Tony Stark, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pierce, Rebecca Hall, John Favreau, Ben Kingsley, and a whole boatload of more people. Um, and Stan Lee. And Stan Lee. That was, uh, I enjoy his uh, cameo in practically every Marvel film. I mean, he is kind of like, Stan Lee's like the new, it's like the Hitchcock of our generation. See if you can spot the Stan Lee cameo. <laughs> right. No, I'm moving on. <laughs> I got stuck. You, all right, geeks know what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so Iron Man 3 is, uh, it's the follow-up to, I don't want to say it's the follow-up to Iron Man 2, because that's not necessarily true. Truly, this is the follow-up to, to the Avengers, because this is Marvel's first movie after the Avengers, so, you know, a lot has taken place since then, and we're, we jump back into the world of a post-Avengers, uh, uh, Iron Man, and, uh, Tony Stark's, uh, looking a little worse for wear, he's kind of got, uh, he's been up uh, you know he's got this insomnia. He's up all the time. He can't. Uh, he can't seem to turn his mind off, and uh, his work is suffering for it. But let's actually start. Do we, all right. Let's before we get into the movie. Um, what, what do you think about the first Iron two Iron Man movies? I actually really like them. Um, I, I remember going to see uh, Iron Man back in two thousand and eight, and just being uh, completely enamored with it because they. They did something that I thought was impossible, which was make a good Iron Man film. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, the characters kind of or was kind of obscure within the Marvel universe um, at the time, and um, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think if there was a better pairing um, of character and and actor, mm-hmm. I, I could not picture that in almost any movie. Um, then because, you know, Downey's public persona was one that was very much, um, very much Tony Stark minus the like genius inventor component, right? Like playboy, uh, alcoholic, um, overall train wreck for a while. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the films, I actually like, I, I just thought they were amazing. 
Um, and I know that there were a lot of criticisms uh, thrown at the films for their lack of like real villains. Um, but I always thought that they were doing interesting things with characters um, that weren't necessarily the standard for superhero films. Um, stuff that even Nolan didn't get correct in his attempts at doing Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like like really digging into the Joker and maybe making him into something that we haven't really seen before. I mean, we got the craziness um, in that performance. Um, and we got the darkness. But there was, there was still something for comic book readers that were like, yeah, this is exactly what we were wanting from this, right? And I think Iron Man doesn't do that all of the time. And in fact, it changes the, the mythology of the character in significant ways um, that, I, that I find interesting and compelling. Hmm. Um, and, I'm, and I'm glad that they do that. Uh, this one has a villain, though, like a, like a straight up supervillain yeah and that's and that that's something that i liked with this one is that it, it the 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 climax and we're, we're gonna we're gonna review the real we're gonna talk about the movie real quick and then we're just gonna jump into spoilers because it's hard to talk about a lot of this stuff without you know doing spoilers so uh but suffice it to say I, the ending does not have a giant robot versus robot battle which right. which which i thoroughly enjoyed and i was i was really hoping that they weren't gonna you know shove that in uh, like they did with uh, the last two movies, it would like you said the character pieces overall were really good. But when it gets down to like you know it's like the final battle is like because you're gonna just have that in every one of these was not just like it's a it's Iron Man versus another Iron Man esque sort of thing. So that was good. But overall, I, I got to say the performances everybody was top notch. Can't really see a you know a loose link in the chain and. Uh, yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. I I think Iron Man, you're right, it, it was one of those obscure characters for most people. They didn't really, you know, Iron Man was not a bankable, you know, commodity at all. And so the fact that they were like, the first one that we're going to launch this with is Iron Man. And people were like, isn't Iron Man kind of like a C-list character? It's like, no, no, he's, at, you know, at worst a B-list character. But really, he's an A-list character that you just don't know about. That's your problem. Yeah. You just don't know about him because there wasn't a crappy TV show in the seventies or the early nineties <laughs> made about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because like I, I had read, you know, I'd read Iron Man comics a whole bunch growing up. So I, I come from a ridiculously geeky family, so I kind of have that pedigree to where that was just like, who doesn't know Iron Man? But I'm like, well, that's a okay, all right. Maybe I'm just a little different. But uh yeah, so that uh we're we're gonna just we're gonna jump into spoilers right here. Warning the following contains movie spoilers. You have been warned. Alright, so let's just jump into spoilers because basically we can't talk a lot about this movie without talking about many of the actual reveals that happened in it. And I suppose that if you're listening to this show, you've probably already seen this. Uh according to the box office, a lot of people have seen this movie, so we're just going to go ahead and assume that. Um, let's uh, let's let's first talk about uh, uh, about the misdirection in the um, in the advertising. Of course, I mean it's part of the story, obviously, but there is misdirection in it as much as mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley being the Mandarin. Yeah, uh, I, I think they they pulled a little Razagul on us. I think. 
I, and I don't know if that's what they were going for. A little Dark Knight Rise Gold, or yeah, Dark Knight Rise Gold. No, wait, fuck me. Batman Begins. Batman Sorry. Begins. Sorry. Whatever. Uh, yeah. They're all the same movie to most people. Yeah, it's all. It's a. It's, it's a. Give me that Batman. The Batman thing, where the Joker and the Bane is all one flick. But yeah, so basically saying, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. And no, it's not. Yeah. But uh, what what did you think of that reveal as him not being the actual you know the Mandarin that we've all kind I, of known? Not that to say that his the Mandarin that he was was technically that guy. Let's comic right. bookiness aside. Well, I I uh, actually really liked this take on the character. I mean, for for those of you who don't read the comic, like uh, the Mandarin is in fact a Chinese dude who dresses in long flowing robes and wears uh, Ten Rings, which is the name of this terrorist organization that does, actually is hinted at in the first Iron Man yes. film. Um, but he, these rings are endowed with like alien powers, right? It's it's alien. It's not supernatural, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah. alien powers. Um, and so he's like a straight-up supervillain. Um, what, what they do here that's interesting is, uh, they have been Kingsley play like the, uh, post nine 11 version of what the Mandarin would be, AKA, uh, like vaguely middle Eastern, uh, looking in appearance and, uh, possibly in dictation. Although it's, yes. it's a weird, a weird melange of things <laughs> that I actually found pretty compelling and, uh, which right then, on. when you find out why, <laughs> almost he, totally works even more. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just go on and, and throw that out there. Um, ben Kingsley turns out to be an actor named Trevor. <laughs> Which that, is hilarious. <laughs> that, um, that has been hired by the real uh, villain of this uh, film to be a terrorist to cover up the fact that... Um, his biotechnology he's developing doesn't quite work all the time. Um, so there are all these people exploding, um, again, uh, not not to attack people, but because uh, this reparative, uh, yeah, this, this repairing uh, extremist technology, which is another thing that they've tweaked slightly from the storyline in the comics. Yeah, that wasn't um, that wasn't a series that I read, but I heard was really good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, but yeah, anyways, so like he's just this actor that's covering up the fact that these people are exploding by accident and taking the blame for it to uh so people don't get pissed off at this company that's doing this research, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, Trevor is actually like a really amazing part of that film. <laughs> like like that reveal is amazingly good. Just coming in and he's just kind of <laughs> shuffling into the room and he's just like, All right, which one of you birds is <laughs> Drinking a Budweiser, and I just, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, part of me was just like, that's not their, oh, but that actually, it works, it works, I don't know why it works, but it totally works, yeah. and I, I dig the that. First, the first time, like, it, like when your brain makes that connection, you're almost, like, you're almost ready to call bullshit. Yeah. But then as the scene plays out, you're like, wait a minute, no, this is actually really fucking brilliant, uh, what they've done here. And it's I, I like it because it, it's it's to me it was also very much a commentary. I mean, and, and they obviously kind of spell it out. A guy Pierce, uh, his character spells it out a bit. Is uh, is that it is kind of a statement that you know we have to have this figurehead of evil, especially like in the United States, we got to have a face to put on this evil. Otherwise, you know, 
we can't kind of uh, transform our thoughts. You, right. know, you can't just say there are evil people out there. We have to have an Osama bin Laden. We have to have you know someone like that, some figurehead to kind of point at and go, this is evil. And uh, he was doing that with the Mandarin because, you know, I, I really thought that was, you know, while, while subtle and quick, a very interesting uh, point for Shane Black to be making with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's, I guess let's talk about uh, Shane Black for a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, we can talk about more stuff that happens in the film, but uh, I think... Shane Black was a was an odd choice at first for me to make this movie. Well, no one so, really would have figured it. I I, I yeah. was like, okay, so we have the guy who wrote all the uh, <laughs> the uh, the Lethal Weapon movies and uh, Monster Squad. Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout. That's true. Last Boy Scout. Yeah, it's one you don't um, think about a lot. And then obviously yeah, directed Kiss Kiss like Bang Riley. Bang. Yeah, and then that was his first film as a director, and his only film until now. Yeah, and to like just go, okay, we're going to give this to you. It was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, although I think Marvel continues to make these ballsy choices with their directors, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's not people like you wouldn't have. I mean, John Favreau for the for the first two Iron Man films. The fact that you said we're going to give this over to you was like he had no real I mean like the most effects driven thing he'd done at that point it was probably elf yeah which was a bunch of like prosthetic makeup effects yeah, well, and, and, uh, and making making snow <laughs> and a little bit of a forced perspective so yeah right uh but yeah just given given that and then uh oh I would say even even Joss Whedon giving someone now granted he'd done some stuff but the he never really truly in the large large sense had true commercial success in everything that he did i mean everything that he did was good in its own way but it never really broke out of the mold so saying all right we're going to give you this it was also i think somewhat of a gamble on their part i I think they knew what they were doing and and most geeks knew what they were doing and I think they've done that consistently, right? Like Thor being directed by Kenneth Branagh, like allowed him to indulge like certain aspects of that character that maybe would not have been played up otherwise. Um, giving Captain America to someone like Joe Johnston, who loves making these like oddly cyberpunk uh, slash throwback. Uh, steampunk uh, movies about World War Two and. Uh, the Nazis, you know, you know, this is the guy that made the Rocketeer for crying out loud, and then he gets to he gets handed Captain America, which was, uh, I think, right up his alley. Absolutely. Um, I I think that, and you know, and they're continuing to do this. Like James Gunn is uh, directing uh, and and writing Guardians of the Galaxy, which will probably be like the the craziest Marvel flick that we get. Um, there's like talking raccoons and trees and shit this is absolutely (laughs) marvel's biggest gamble yet when guardians of the galaxy comes out because there is truly it's like if you think iron man 3 if you thought iron man 3 was a nothing character guardians of the galaxy won't even show up close on your radar as to being anything that 99 percent of the people out there even know what the hell it is no and uh it'll be it'll It'll be an interesting experiment. I hope it does well because I think James Gunn is fantastic. And uh, anyway, but they got some of that Disney money behind, so they can probably advertise the crap out of it. And yeah, well, 
you know, John Carter. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, good point. But uh, anyway, Shane Black, though, I think was very successful at making this uh, this as self-referential in ways as he was uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, right? Like you get this sense in Iron Man 3 that it's this mix between ultra-dark, serious shit happening and... Uh, like commentary on why anyone would even care what is happening to Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I I found that interesting. And there was, there was also like, he he used the, uh, the voiceover, uh, which is something that he's been known to do from time to time and actually works really well in kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And um, I think honestly, I was, I was just uh, glad to hear um, Downey delivering some of his dialogue again because right. um, because the, they were a fantastic pairing um, for the earlier film agreed um, but yeah I gotta say overall this this film was a lot of fun like I said great performances overall uh, really dug Guy Pierce yeah and uh, he hasn't had like a lot of really great roles as of late and I, I'm, I'm happy to see him in something that a lot of people are gonna see him in and uh, well, he, hopefully he was, he was, I just want to say fantastic and lawless, um, which, which I think is a fantastic movie, yeah. um, uh, where he, he plays this, uh, like crooked, uh, alcohol tobacco agent that's brought into rural Virginia to take out, uh, Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> which sounds like it's terrible, but it's not, which it's is really what we good. all want to do No, Um, Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to... But no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but great transformation as a character, and uh, over overall, I gotta say, like one of the one of the better kind of villains that we've had in a while that doesn't, you know, have like a giant red head or something. Yeah, <laughs> has been it hasn't been a giant uh, load of special effects laid on him. He's just a dude who's very menacing, and yet at the same time. Uh, you know, in the in the scenes with uh, Pepper Potts and other things, he's he's well, he's charming. And after after, of course, being like the the nerdy guy in the beginning, and then getting uh, you know, kind of the brush off, and but it's it's a very classic villain kind of arc. Mm-hmm. Is that you've looked up to somebody your entire life, you go over, he says, "Fuck off, kid," and then you've taken that to just go, "I'm gonna now become something." better in in their mind yeah and 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 i do like the uh climactic battle between them because uh it really it gets dark for some of it like uh like like shit happens in that battle that is just like really this guy is still still doing this huh and um yeah it, he's it, truly evil he's he's truly an evil dude yeah and that's what's fun about it yeah, and and I mean the way the way he actually ends up uh, like having superpowers and not really knowing exactly what he can do with them, uh, which is maybe what leads him to be a little overzealous in his uh, his planning, probably. Um, but I thought that was nice to actually have a villain who did have actual superpowers now, yeah, um, and, and was not just another guy in a suit. Also, real quick, want to talk about kind of the other like little kind of standout performance in this was uh, James uh, Badge Dale, and uh, basically, uh, mostly known at least as far as for me from uh, many seasons of Twenty Four, 
uh, he kind of plays the the quiet kind of guy who's almost kind of like the Mandarin's number. Well, the Mandarin being uh, uh, Aldrich Killian, Guy Pierce's character, kind of kind of his number two in this, and uh, uh, understated but great performance by him for for a guy who doesn't say a whole lot of words, carries a lot of menace with him. Yeah, I thought so too. And in fact, I I had to go home and look him up, and I was like, oh yeah. I've seen him in that. I've seen him in that. I've seen him in that. Yeah, it's one of those dudes that shows up in things, and but you may recognize his face, but not necessarily his name or what he's been doing. Yeah. And I gotta say, this film did something else for me. I cared about Gwyneth Paltrow. What? Yeah, it was weird, right? Like they they did some things with Pepper Potts that I didn't see them uh, like going for in the other movies. Um, Maybe that has to do with like the changed relationship between her and Tony at this point. Maybe I don't know, but I was happy to see her have like an actual role. Yeah, for the, the longest story. time, she was just kind of like a very ancillary type. Like it's the girl, and mm-hmm. now now it actually meant something and uh, a, a pretty good performance overall by her. If not for the, uh, I and it's a small quibble, but like. Did anyone not call her kind of coming in slightly saving the day a little bit? I, I, think, I did. I think that I was also kinda... didn't mind it. No, no, I didn't mind it either. It's like I'm not saying that it really killed me. I was. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a well, that's gonna come. But you know, it's I, I, if you're eight, you probably don't fucking realize that that's coming, and it's like whoa. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that's about it. I mean, like, what else can we say other than like, uh, I, I really love what they did with all the uh, with all the suits and his uh, how that led into um, the big giant fight with him being able to jump from suit to suit and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was uh, uh, quite genius because it was like, oh, what's what are they gonna do that's new and different? And that was very new and very different. And so I really enjoyed that. I also liked the um, the take on Stark post the events of the Avengers, right? Uh, where he's just, he can't, he hasn't dealt with what happened to him, AKA dying in this, in this other dimension and then falling back to earth and coming back from that. Um, and, uh, just kind of like how that, you know, brings in a whole other, bunch of things that have to do with uh with warfare not just like the terrorism angle that gets played up with the mandarin but also you know post-traumatic stress disorder and uh what is it like to come back from these major uh like uh war zones um and that that's all allegory but yeah i'm just saying like it's an interesting character tick to make somebody like tony stark uh have and somebody that's just always so overconfident, so just like so in control of every single thing that's going on. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's just like, oh, shit, I'm having a panic attack that I cannot control. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think the ending uh, will lead to interesting things. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, just his uh, decision to get rid of the shards of met of gun metal in his in his body. Yeah, that that's the only thing I may have have like a tiny quibble with, but you know, I mean like I said, I I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with it, where it goes from there, but it's just like uh, you're kinda taking away the thing that makes him him. 
but well, if they if they continue down this uh, extremist slash ultimates take on the character, what that will eventually lead to is um, like he gets the idea from extremists to create sort of a nano biotechnology. Yeah, I was about to say. I think because I read something about it that it's it's very yeah. nanotechy, where the suit just is all kind of like him. Yeah, it, like it like connects with him via his like spinal cord um and like he literally is the suit at, at, at that point um so it'll be interesting to see if that's where they end up going or if they have to come up with some other reason to have uh shards of metal going toward his heart so he can power back up yeah oh yeah that's pretty much it for iron man 3 uh quite yeah. enjoyed by both of us and obviously it seems to be like uh most of america with these box office numbers <laughs> holy smokes between them and international man there are uh i don't think they'll quite get there but damn if they aren't creeping up on some avengers numbers uh, yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what the overall uh take is at the end of it um and how that stacks up um yeah but certainly a good sign for more Marvel movies to come, and I hope that they keep on this this great track of having you know the right people involved in everything, and that's really what the whole Marvel Studios thing was about was really getting you know I mean they literally have something called the Marvel Brain Trust, where there's a lot of you know people that have been with the comics for years and years and years say this is how things need to work and Honestly, that's what comic book movies have been needing for the entire time is people that, you know, love and cherish these comics. And, like, you know, you can put new twists on things, but still, you know, keep what the fans want, keep what makes those things good and not, you know, so far off the rails that people are like, you, you satisfy the non fans, but the, you know, the real fans are like, this is, I didn't sign up for this. But uh, so yeah, definitely. Hopefully, this is a good sign for all of that stuff. And I, I can't wait till Thor, man. We got Thor in November, so yeah. And I think that trailer looks good. I'm I'm excited about it a whole bunch. And uh, I think I think with a lot of uh, superhero movies, the second one. I mean, you know, look at like Spider Man, uh, Spider Man Two. It's once all the exposition from from the beginning is gone, it's like now we can get into the action. Yeah. Now, now, like X two, all that stuff. It was just like, okay, all the you know setup and everything is gone. You know what this is. You know what this world is. Let's go. Yeah, and I think if there's any movie that's going to lead into Guardians of the Galaxy in any way, it's probably going to be Thor. Yeah, I think. Like, just uh, I don't know. Like getting into any of that, it has to be through this like interdimensional god right like like otherwise it's like why the why the fuck are all these well uh, that was what was nice about you know tony stark's thing it was just like look man you know there were gods from other planets coming down so like this shit's trippy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the right. world really is not even close to what we thought it was it's like there's so much more out there and you know i've literally been there <laughs> right. and uh yeah that's that's gotta blow a person's mind so but yeah, definitely looking forward to this uh, this second wave of Marvel movies and what they're going to do. And uh, I, I hope Downey's at least down for uh, Avengers two, and then yeah, I think my guess is he'll probably hang up the mantle after that. Yeah, which will which will be sad. Um, although, you know, money will bring anyone back to a franchise. That's true. I, I've and, literally and with, heard. And with numbers that uh, these movies post. Uh, 
Like, there's no way that um, Marvel and Paramount would not just dump a ton of cash at him um, to to get him on board. Yeah, he's he's got a lot. He's got, he ended up um, signing on initially to Iron Man and got a lot of back end for a lot of these Marvel flicks. And mm-hmm. and he's literally said Marvel is so mad. Yeah, because yeah. He, they have had to give him so much money because oh, yeah. of he, this back end deal that he had. He by far has the best contract out of anybody that's in the Avengers. Um, period. End of discussion. Like. Yeah. You know, he he did not lock in for seventeen movies or whatever the fuck number they yeah. never. I think Sam Jackson into. was literally like, "You will be in nine movies." Yeah, um, was a little was a little like. I mean, you know, people got mentions and stuff, but really wasn't. I wish we could have at least gotten that, even a fast, you know, Sam Jackson cameo or something. I did appreciate the stinger. I'm not going to give that away, but I did like that um, because it plays up a, a certain friendship that I think uh, will play out uh, in Avengers 2 um, just because I get the feeling that Joss Whedon really likes them well, together. Yeah, oh, yeah, you definitely could see that within the within the interaction that they had, like, like literally like two-minute section that they had in Avengers where it was just like, oh, well, these two are going to get along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, in very and weird I th- ways. And I think that, uh, like, once it becomes this question of, um, <laughs> like, space invasion, right? Uh, like, world-destroying Thanos, Infinity Gauntlet-type shit. Um, that, uh, like, the the two uh, scientists, Banner and and uh, Stark, will probably become, like, major players yeah. in, that, in that line. Yeah. Um, not that they weren't in in this one. It was more about Thor and uh, Captain America, though. I felt. Boy, I really, I really hope this. Uh, they're prepping up for another Fantastic Four movie. I really hope that falls through and Marvel can get that back. Cause, yeah, because they got well, they just got Daredevil back. They just got Ghost Rider back. Don't they have Punisher back now I too? I think they have Punisher back. I'm not hundred percent. I think so. I I'm willing to bet that. Uh, Punisher and Daredevil will show up in the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe at some point. Um, I can see that. Probably on the television, which will be interesting, um, given that Punisher is like the most violent (laughs) fucking character they've got. Um, We'll see. But speaking of Punisher... Speaking of Punisher, I thought I thought uh, I thought at the end of Iron Man he did a very Punisher esque sort of thing, a very uh, kind of welcome back Frank, where it's just like he just by destroying every single one of his suits and starting yeah. back from zero. Because that was that was to me that's like that just brought back Garth Ennis's welcome yeah. back Frank run, where it's just like okay, no more machines, or no more you know crazy vans or anything like that. We're just down to basics, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. That well, you, you know, know he's kind of starting you know out with what zip. They- what would be crazy if they uh, if they keep with this uh, interesting choices to do these movies is if they actually got Ennis to write a fucking Punisher movie. That would, would be sick. Yeah, I mean, like, everything that I liked about the second, like, the Warzone film, everything that I liked was taken directly from Ennis's Punisher Max. Directly from it. Now I didn't read I didn't read his Max one, but I I did I did read the earlier one, which which um on the um oh the Marvel Knights line yeah the like, the Marvel Knights the, the one reboot after Welcome Back Frank yeah it yeah. was uh yeah there there was some good stuff and I I really hope that you know 
the Punisher is a very interesting character, and and I don't think the um now I didn't see the director's cut, so I can't really speak to it. But the um uh the one that was right before uh the War Zone, I Thomas Jane, yeah, Thomas Jane's one, I I I don't think that was nearly as it wasn't great, it wasn't no. great, but it wasn't nearly as bad as everybody said it was either. I and agree. a lot of the stuff that people complained about, I'm like, that's right out of the book, homie. Yeah, They're like he's well, torturing that's, that's him the with the with... popsicle and stuff. I'm like, that's right out of the book. Yeah, that's that's right out of the book. And uh, like Warzone does that same thing. People hated some of the over the topness and the cheesiness, but um, like that stuff's right out of the book too. Like read read Ennis's Max run, and then we'll talk what you did or did not like about Punisher Warzone. But uh, insane. like you can't just sit here and say like. Oh, I don't like that. That's not the character. Like, well, this has been the character for like the past decade. Yeah, you just haven't been paying attention. Don't sit, yeah, yeah like, don't tell me what the character is and isn't when you don't read the book. Right. Yeah, you've been you've been sitting there with your like essential Punisher books which recount all of the stories that he did with uh with uh Luke Cage back in the 80s and 90s where, you know, crazy shit would happen where he'd like dye his skin black to evade jigsaw and then hang out solving ghetto crimes with heroes for hire for a yeah. little bit you know like that's not the punisher anymore so but i think that, you're right that I, went somewhere that i didn't expect <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> at that, all i just love the punisher <laughs> the punisher, it's it's gonna be right now i think you're really right that uh it, it should be like some punisher and daredevil stuff together because those are they're they're two great characters to work together and or are, are opposed to each other they're great frenemies in the comics too. yeah exactly so i i think that would be that that'd be something quite interesting or at least have like maybe you know like a a Punisher cameo in a Daredevil film or something like that, but uh, right, yeah. And I and I honestly, I'm saying something controversial here, but I don't think Daredevil was nearly as bad as everybody thought it was either. I don't either, and that especially the actually, director's cut. director's cut. Yeah, that was just about to say the same thing. Not nearly as bad. Yeah, they Very take away a lot of the crap in that movie, but overall, not as bad as everyone says. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just I'm, Affleck wasn't even one of the bad things that I didn't. No. <laughs> No, he really, really, really wasn't. But that's what I, I, I'm glad that you're on kind of the same page with comic book movies that I am. I'm like, because there are people out there who uh, there's there's two different camps of nerds. There's the nerds that will never ever be pleased with what they're seeing because it's not the exact vision that they had in their mind. And then there's the camp that I think that we fall in, where it's just like something I love is being represented on the screen, you know, in real life. Where it's like yep. there's a small bit of that kid inside of you that comes alive just going, oh, my God, my favorite thing is, like, it, it's here and it's real. Right. Yeah, and and I do – I will admit that I give a lot of leeway with these movies. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, like, they're, they're fucking, like, child comic book superhero narratives, you know? Like, I, like I, I take comics very seriously. I'm not belittling that at all. But on some level, they're these they're these like morality tales of like good versus evil, and they're made for you know a slightly before teenage audience, right? Like seven to twelve or something like that is like the actually the market for comic books. Period. End of discussion. Um, at least for the Marvel DC brand of comics. Yeah. Um, 
and and for the movies to reflect that it doesn't bother me i think that i think that you're right there are nerds who are down on them because it's not their exact thing and if i swear if i have to hear someone say like well that could have been done better or that could have been it's like really what would you have done would you like me to get fucking uh shane black and john favreau on the phone and like you can just give them your fucking ideas and see how that goes for a little bit yeah none of because, them really have answers to, to yeah they do, don't have it's just like yeah it's just oh that could have been well like everything could have been there's never been a perfect fucking movie yeah. i don't care what anyone says out there period like and beyond that why would you want something that's perfect you want to talk about like okay people say for the longest time, right, that Citizen Kane was the best movie ever made. That movie bores the shit out of me because it's so <laughs> fucking, like, objectively good, you know? Like, I like watching it, but it is boring, and I don't want to sit there and watch boring all the time. Sometimes I want, like, imperfect, flawed things in my life. And, in fact, in Citizen Kane, there's a big fucking flaw, which is that no one's there at the beginning to hear him even fucking say Rosebud. So how does the story kick off? So, Matt, so. what you don't understand was is that was a very cavernous room. It was very big. It echoed through here, there, and the lady who came in and discovered him, she heard it from outside the thing. He whispered it, yes. But, I mean, look, you and I, it we don't... an architectural flaw. We don't live in places the- where the acoustics are like that. That's our problem. We're poor. No, no one lives in places where the acoustics are like. I that. don't know about that. <laughs> well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Maybe. I think I've defended the, myself the most, pretty well. The most paranoid rich person in the world <laughs> lives in a room with acoustics like that. I want this room to where if anybody whispers, I know what the fuck they're saying. Because I got secrets, homie. <laughs> Why did you just say homie in 1944? (laughs) Sir, acoustically, from a design standpoint, that's impossible. Do you know how much money I have? I am Charles Foster Kane. But I can put a million tiny microphones here. Go on. That will record directly into your ear. Let's make this happen. Uh, Jeeves? All right. (laughs) And And scene. I'm That's it, everybody. That is your episode of the film Fine today. Uh, Iron Man 3, if you haven't seen it, who knows what the hell's wrong with you, and I don't know why you've listened so far, but uh, my, my guess is that anybody that's downloaded this has uh, seen Iron Man 3 and uh, hopefully enjoyed it, and hopefully enjoyed our takes. If you agree with us, disagree with us, let us know. Email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Like I said at the top of the show, go to thefilmfind.com, and there you can find the links to like us on Facebook, Twitter, all of that, nine yards, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a review. Uh, tell us that you love us. Tell us that you hate us. Just give us five stars. That's all we really care about. But uh, if you do that, we will definitely read it on the show, and uh, it is much appreciated by us. So, uh, that is it for this edition of the Film Find. Um, next week, next week's a little bit of a lull. We got The Great Gatsby. I don't know. Are you interested in seeing that at all? Yeah, I am. I'm a big Bos. I'm a big girl for Bos Lerman. Um, I like Moulin Rouge. The rest, I can kind of leave. I do have an interest in this. Uh, whew, excuse me, fighting off a sneeze. I do have an interest in this uh, Eli Roth starring flick called Aftershock. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can talk about that uh, or both yeah we'll see what um, we can do and we'll see what's going on 
We'll try something. So, yeah. So, uh, up in the air for next week as to uh, what we might be doing. But then after that, of course, we got Star Trek. I don't know how pumped you are about that, but uh, I am big time. So, ready for Star Trek. I think that's probably probably my most anticipated movie of the summer, I think. But that's just me. All right, everybody. That is it for the film five. We are truly ending up this time. Uh, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portis. We'll see you next time, guys. I'm